Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast. My name is Kelly Raymer, and I am the producer and host of this podcast. I'm also a mindset coach, Akashic Tarot reader, co-creator of the Every Thought Matters collective that is coming soon, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Search Every Thought Matters with your favorite browser, and you'll find my site, information, and how to reach me. Add for the podcast, each episode's a conversation exploring origin stories, life, the universe, and various other topics. Enjoy this episode, and remember, every thought matters. This episode features Amy. She's lived a van life for well over two years, yet she has done way more than just live in a van. She has amazing projects for her future, and she knows she's not afraid of being uncomfortable. Outside the comfort zone is where she lives. She was a wonderful guest, and I think you'll love this episode. And as always, thank you for listening, and every thought matters. We have Amy Van Life on the Every Thought Matters podcast. Amy, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, I have, I'm lucky to have you. I ran across you on TikTok and you have been the van life girl for quite a while and you have quite a following on TikTok. And I kind of want to start there. What? When did you decide, gee, I got to convert a van into a home? Where, where did that start? Well, honestly, the seeds for tiny living in general were planted quite a long time ago. It's probably a 10 year time frame where I first heard about tiny houses and tiny home, uh, minimalistic living and got really interested in that. So that was kind of where it all began way, way back when that was a brand new thing that, you know, was kind of revolutionary. Um, so I knew then that I wanted to do something within the tiny living, you know, sphere. Um, so the seeds were planted and then it was initially going to be a bus life. So I was planning to get a bus and convert one. And then, you know, it was just a period of time of, of getting to the point where I could actually make the jump logistically, as far as my career and everything, um, and, you know, van life started to pick up and become a thing. So then I was like, all right, van, even better, even more, you know, tiny, even more mobile. Uh, that sounded like a great fit. And I just knew, like, I just always knew I wanted to travel and be free and independent. And it's, it was just the perfect uh, vehicle <laughs> for that, <laughs> literally and metaphorically. Uh, what kind of don't you have a college degree and you've got a career going that you've had for quite a while? I mean, how did that fit in with all of this? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Very messily. Honestly, my career path has been, well, my life path and career path uh, mirror each other. But I've always been creative and interested in all sorts of creative things. I got my degree in a Bachelor of Arts of Communications and Video Production. So initially, I wanted to... Uh, produce and direct films, which I still want to do, but uh, I got interested in all all sorts of different creative stuff. So writing, design, marketing, branding. And so I've been working as kind of a Jane of all trades in the creative industry over the past you know decade plus now, because um, I couldn't ever just pick one one thing to go with. Like I need to be doing a lot of different things. So the field allowed for that, but it was a lot of hopping around. You know, I could never just kind of pigeonhole into one role. Um, 
yeah. And then eventually, so I worked a bunch of different jobs in the creative field and I found that I worked best for myself and independently. So I started freelancing and that's what kind of opened the door to be able to do van life because, and also, so the pandemic had hit at that point. So it was like now or never basically. And I just did it. Well, that's fascinating to me because my grandmother said, talk to somebody long enough, you find something in common. And it took us about two minutes because you probably don't know that I was a film producer for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Literally. Yeah. And those of you that can do video editing were my favorite people because that's, especially with this podcast, that's one of my Achilles heel trying to teach myself and it's not easy, but I didn't know that about you that you literally were in that field for a while. That's wild. (laughs) Yep. Wild, tiny life. Yeah. That's crazy. No, it's funny how like all those synchronicities start to show up, you know, when you like meet someone through one Avenue and then all the other little things start to bubble up. (laughs) It is neat because as you said to me, we both are, spiritual so we are seeking that alignment and that alignment shows up in the weirdest ways and today i'm like oh wow i did not i had no idea you were in the i knew you said something about creative but i didn't film production was not something i was guessing at all i was thinking like an ad marketing campaign manager kind of person yeah well that too (laughs) i kind of uh dipped into all the different pots in the creative field over the years. And I enjoyed things about them all, but I could never just say, Oh, it's only this one thing that I'm going to do. I'm always wanting to learn new skills and, you know, try new things and expand my horizons. And it mirrors the spiritual journey as well. You know, like everything is just about growth and becoming better as you go along. I have a friend on TikTok that we talk a lot now and she's just starting out as an actress And I'm like, the closest thing I ever have to being on set, which you know what that's like, that that rush of adrenaline of being on set, there's nothing like it. This podcast is the closest thing I get to being on set because the camera's on, we're talking, and I get to do one of my favorite things in the world is talk to people and listen to their story and see how that can help me, but it also helps them tell their story. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, one reason I really appreciate this. This is really my first opportunity to uh, take a swing at doing that for myself right. um, as a content creator, as a creative, as a person. So, uh, so yeah. That is so neat that I, I'm excited now even more than I was before because the van life thing was something I've been dreaming about even when I was living in L.A., 2017-ish, I was like, I started seeing that on Instagram back then, six years ago, and like, oh my God, that's so cool. And it's all all these their schoolie paloozas and all this. I'm like, gosh, I want that because I wanted the freedom to, like you said, to be able to travel. But tell me about like I can romanticize that until the cows come home, literally. But there are some challenges to that. What are those and how did you overcome them? Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's a lot. So many. Um, But like, I'll just say this firstly, because people ask me about that a lot. Um, And they, you know, they ask what's the hardest thing about van life or being on the road? You know, what do you miss? What do you wish was different? And my general answer is always 
you pick your poison in life, right? Like when I lived in a house, when I lived in an apartment, I lived in an apartment in New York city at one point living, you know, the so-called dream that we're supposed to go after. And I was miserable and I didn't have any van life problems. I could go to the sink and turn it on and I could flush the toilet and take a shower and do my laundry and all those things, you know, those conveniences or luxuries, creature comforts, but I was miserable because I was stuck. So it's different for everyone. And for me, I knew in my heart that being free and traveling was going to be worth it. It was going to be worth those little sacrifices. I don't think it would be for everyone, but it, it's, you know, you pick your poison. So from a spiritual perspective, how did you decide which poison? Because I think for me, if I still dream about that yellow short bus and creating that into a home. And having those creature comforts, but I'd have to pick one thing that I'd probably have to do without. How did you pick that one thing and how did you manage the mental side of it? Did you use your spiritual guidance with that? Did how because there's it's a shower. I think you talked about it takes about three gallons of water to almost take what they call a you know, a bird bath kind of a shower, <laughs> right? And yeah. That's your what are your poisons really, right? Yeah. And again, I think it's different for everyone. For me, sure it is. I think one of the big reasons that I feel like, you know, not to like uh, toot my own horn, but I feel like I have been successful at doing this lifestyle and enjoying it. Right. Like a lot of people go into it and they end up hating it or leaving it or, you know, which is fine. Everyone's path is different. But for me, I think the biggest thing was I had a really strong sense of self and what my own needs and priorities were. So I knew doing the build and I did my, I custom designed my build specifically for <laughs> my own needs um, that I needed to have a source of running water. I needed to have a full blown electrical system to work because I wanted to be able to work off grid. So um, I needed to have a comfortable bed because sleep is <laughs> fundamental to, you know, our well-being, right? And just functioning every day. So, I made my list of things and I figured out how to include them in the most efficient way in this small little space. And the one that ended up getting bumped was the shower. Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew myself well enough to know, okay, this is the least important on the list and I will be okay without that. A lot of people come online and say, there's no way I could do without air conditioning. There's no way I could do without a shower. And I'm like, well, maybe you couldn't. Then you would have to figure that out. But for me, it was just knowing what I needed. And your spiritual sense of self, uh, where did that come from? Are you, have you always been divinely guided, if you will? Yeah, yes. Yes, I've always had a really strong sense. I mean, even, you know, as far back as I can remember being a kid, a sense of just connection, some sense of divine connection um, and like not feeling alone. Like I've, of course, had times in my life where I felt alone, but I've for the most part been very independent and on my own and thrive that way because I feel connected to something greater. Um but it wasn't until I actually got in the van and had some big life shifts, you know, a little bit after I started full-time van life, I had a breakup and that was, you know, that was, uh, shook up my world a little bit. 
And then, you know, some other things happen and it kind of triggered that dark night of the soul, <laughs> which I didn't know at the time that that was what was happening, but it was, I was there, but of course, you know, that's what got the ball rolling on the spiritual journey and the healing journey and me, you know, just going down that rabbit hole of he healing myself, understanding what needed to be healed, learning more about myself, what was actually motivating me to do, you know, make the decisions I was. And, you know, I have these bad habits and, you know, self-destructive behaviors. And I literally just sat down and said, why am I doing this? I don't understand myself. Right. And I right. want to understand, I don't want to do this anymore, but to break these habits, I need to go there into that shadow place. And, um, so it's been, you know, I, since then it's been two years on the road, a little over, and it's just a continual journey, you know, it's sure it, it, they always say adversity builds character, but it, I'm, I've always went with down the path and I've heard this too, is that adversity reveals character. What type of character traits did this van life excursion that to be honest with you, you're, you're starting to shift out of what kind of things did it show you? Did it show you what was the bad things and what were the good things that you found out about yourself? Oh gosh, so much. I learned so much about myself. Um, so I discovered the wounds, you know, when we talk about spiritual journey and healing and psychology, you know, there are those deep wounds that most people, you know, more people now that we have TikTok and people and we're talking about it more, but up until now, most people never learn about themselves in their life. So I learned about that. Um, <clears throat> But at the same, you know, it's both sides of the coin, right? As I was learning about that and I was pushing myself really to go to those tough places and feel those difficult emotions and, you know, process difficult things, then it was like, wow, I am really strong. I am really resilient. If I can handle this, I can handle anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it built that sense of like uh, inner strength. That was I always that. there, but it was, it was test, you know, it was test on test. And it's like, it mirrors the challenges of van life. Like you don't know how you're going to be on your first breakdown or, you know, uh, on your first knock on the door, you know, those scary moments that everyone kind of dreads, you don't know how you're going to be until it comes and you, you just go through that test. But then once you do, you're like, oh my gosh look at what I did, look at what I'm capable of. And it's encouraging. That's wonderful. And I think that's neat because I, you know, I see some people and I know you're transitioning out of it and I'm here to support you for that. Cause I think that's, I don't think it's for the rest of your life, but I do think it's something I want to do because I want to feel that character build. I literally building a, a yellow short bus or one of the long ones. I haven't figured out which, but building that from scratch, going through that process of the build and trying to do most of it myself, I really know that that's something I have to do to show me that, I, just like you said, I can do it. I can, you know, create a roof. I can insulate. I can put a solar panel on the top. I've got it most figured out anyway. But I love that you found those things and you found gifts within yourself that says, I think it's going to make you stronger for the next phase of your life. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, you know, every step is a step forward. Um, but you have to take it like that every day is, you know, a new uh, challenge. And so and that's another thing I'm learning is like, it's really easy to get into that victim mentality of, you know, this is happening to me. And I think you mentioned, you've mentioned this before, of you know, seeing things as happening for you and not to you, which is like one of the hardest things to do as a human, you know, like to make that mental shift. But when you can, it's the biggest game changer because you're really flipping the script on the situation and taking back your power when, you know, you're feeling disempowered. That's so cool. You have an incredible mindset. And I do agree. Like, yeah, when you flip that script and I've had some people come at me sideways when I say that, because like, blah, 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 like, you know, probably the worst day of my life was when my father died 23 years ago. I always will remember being there. And I flipped that script because that happened for me. It taught me that I had to live without somebody that I really loved and cared about. And now because of my spiritual journey, he's here. He's watching this podcast right now, watching it being recorded. And he's proud of me. And that's, I flipped it. That happened for me, not to me. Yeah. And that's not to say, you know, that's not to belittle suffering, mm -mm. you know, like no. there, it's just to, to give it value, right? Like to find meaning there. And I think it's also important to acknowledge, you know, when we talk about this stuff, there's also like the tendency for some folks to lean towards toxic positivity and say, well, nothing's bad. Everything's good. No, like there are, mm -mm. there is negativity. And when you're feeling those difficult feelings, it's important to acknowledge this is hard for me. This is hurting me, you know, to acknowledge that pain and suffering because you can't move through it until you do, right? You can't, um, you can't no, work tough stuff without feeling those hard feelings and acknowledging that they're valid. Yeah. I love this. It, that's so fascinating to me because, you know, my first impression was, wow, this person, I believe people who do the van life or the tiny home life are very courageous people. And I, because I'm doing kind of the tiny home life here in Rockport, Texas, because this is about 200 square feet, if that. Not very much here. I've got a queen-size bed and a couch. I don't even have a TV. I watch television on the computer that I'm recording this on. Yeah. So I've done a little bit of the tiny house living, but I still want to be able to do that. But it teaches you what's really important in your life. And that's a character building thing. But it, for me, just listening to you, you, you had some sort of very good groundwork to know how to understand this before you go through it, just like you said. You're not going to know how you're going to deal with it until you're going through it. How did you? And that's like, the scary thing, right? That's what right. stops a lot of people from making these big changes and taking these big risks in life because it is scary. But it's the thing, you know, once you jump off that ledge and something does, you know, you catch yourself and you learn to trust yourself to handle those tough situations. That's the only way, you know. Well, that's interesting, too, because you kind of have to be a DIYer, you know, doing DIY, right? Do it yourself or because you got an electrical problem, you got a shortener, your AC's not coming on. You got to go fix that with your 
in the middle of Yellowstone Park, right? Yeah. So you have to, that's so fascinating because you won't know how to deal with that until you deal with it. That's, I love that because I tend to dive into the romanticizing part of the van life, like, you know, backing up my school bus right on the cliff on the Pacific Coast Highway and watching the waves and falling asleep with the door open and the sea breeze there and my dog, you know? That's mm -hmm. like just, oh, both of us from the movie industry, yeah, that'd be, oh, Kelly, that's so great. Let's get a wide shot, let's get a two, you know, and all that other stuff. <laughs> but it's not really all of that. It's being on the PCH and you have a flat tire or you've got, an, you know, not enough power or not enough generator to, you're looking forward to right. that shower in two days and it's not working. That's so right. fascinating. You must right. Have the funny thing is, you know, there's been this kind of back and forth on social media as far as van life being, is it over glamorized? Is it over, is it over romanticized? And the reality of it is it's both, right? Like, and even, you know, and it mirrors life in that way too. Like it's both at the same time. And it really teaches you to appreciate the good. Why, you know, even when it's, you have to deal with problems. It's like you said with, you know, the the tight shot and the wide shot when it comes to filmmaking. Yeah, I am parked on right on the ocean on the PCH. Zoom out a little bit and you're going to see some trash on the side of the road. You know, you're going to see other vans around. It's not perfect, but it's still beautiful. It's beautiful and it's imperfection. Right. And I feel like you have had a good spiritual grounding base to embark on this, which is now transitioning to to what? What do you? What's your next phase of your life? What are you thinking yeah. about? So it's funny, like all the phases of my life kind of take a while to take root, um, and then kind of just overlap each other. But actually, since fan life, even since before, I've had this dream of making music. Even though I'm, I'm really I'm not a singer per se. Like I'm not, you know, I couldn't just go belt out a Mariah Carey tune to you right now. So for a long time, that was a mental block. And I thought, yeah, you want to do it, but you literally can't. You can't sing, so that's not possible. And uh inch by inch, though, I pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And even just doing putting myself out there on social media took years to do. Like, and it was every single day was a mental baby step to get in that to finally do it. So I'm really proud of myself for getting there, but, but yeah, now it's continuing to push that even farther, right? Okay. Yeah. I hate the sound of my voice right now, or, you know, however, whatever the difficulty is, but I'm going to push myself to do some vocal exercises because this is what I want to do, right? It's not about, right. it's about doing what you love and pushing yourself to grow and, um, so yeah, that's where I'm at right now. It's taken a couple of years since I've been on the road of all those little baby steps of, okay, let me, let me learn the DAW, the, the music software. Let me teach myself, you know, basic music theory. Let me teach myself basic chords and taking all these baby steps. And um, so, yeah, that's, we're moving in that direction. That's wonderful. It's, but what would, do you have a moment in life where you had to step out of your comfort zone and even in your adolescent life where you had to step out of your comfort zone? Because it seems like to me, just on an outside perception, that you almost love jumping outside your comfort zone. 
Well, it's funny because I do, but you know, like anyone else picking and choosing the ones that sound fun, right? Like, right. Like really not fun. Stepping out of my comfort zone has been putting myself out there on social media has been dealing with negativity and trolls and, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's scary stuff that's outside anyone's comfort zone. And, um, it keeps a lot of people from doing what they actually want to do. So in a way, yes, because I love a big fun challenge, right? Like van life for me was a big fun challenge because I felt really confident in my ability to, to do well with it. But music was a different animal. Music is a different animal and it's taken a lot more, um, mental fortitude of the constant, you know, the, the internal critic that we have as creatives constantly, you know, this voice saying that sucks. And, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to be a great artist or, you know, over and over again, training your mind and, you know, talking back and saying, I'm just going to do it anyway, because I deserve to do what I love to do. I I like that. But that's also that to me, I think everybody has that ability, but it's a little more ingrained in your DNA to be able to change your thoughts so you can change your world, which is a mindset, which is why I'm every thought matters, because I even the bad ones matter. And yeah. And, and to be honest with you, if you have bad thoughts, let them throw, let them flow, figure that out. And then watch mm-hmm. them and then they're gone instead of repressing them, whatever it is, because van life showed you that and your music career is going to show you that too but yeah you seem to be able to watch those thoughts and go yeah i got an inner critic i sometimes don't like the sound of my voice when i record my intro after this podcast i'll retype it up and record it and i'm like gosh you sound weird but then i'm like oh well whatever right and it's like a you know we're taught to equate our worth with what we can produce or create or how much money we can make or, you know, accumulating possessions. And, you know, this, this conditioning that we've all been put under that I think a lot of people are now uh, deconstructing and breaking out of it because it makes, it doesn't, they lied. It doesn't make us happy to have those things. It's not helping us flourish. It's keeping us miserable. And people are realizing that. Um <clears throat> And so it's like kind of this mass questioning from everyone. I'm feeling, you know, we're having the shift now of like, wait, maybe everything I've thought is actually not, not leading me to happiness, not leading me to fulfillment. You know, maybe I should try another way. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a thought process that the collective consciousness, as I call it, is changing and it's changing ever so slightly. I've been waiting. I've been saying this for about four or five years that the collective consciousness has been changing. And I continue to say that because, and, but just like the law of attraction is, is I'm starting to attract people that think like me and from all over the globe, literally. Yeah. So I just think that's neat. And that's why I love, you know, you were nervous about coming on this podcast and they're like, not that big a deal but it's still a little bit out of your comfort zone but yeah here you are yeah well like I said when when you take those risks and you turn out okay or you do maybe even better than you expected 
you build up that trust in yourself in that, okay, I'm going to expect the best knowing that even if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be okay. I can handle that. And I'm going to, I'm going to turn it into something good for myself, you know, transmute whatever negative does come my way. I love that. I, but that's why you're a fascinating human being to me because you're, you are like me. You look at the things and you go, why, why? Right. Okay. What, but I'm going to try this because I still want to do my little van thing, my schoolie, or I still want to do, I, my friend gave me this book called Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. It's a great book. I've read probably the first two or three chapters of it. And it's just the bedrock of it is literally everything's figure outable. And I'm like you, I want to do 15 different things. I've got a TV show that I'm writing. Don't give me, I, yeah, I used Chat GPT once just to see what the opening scenes would look like, and Chat GPT wrote a brilliant open for me. Like, what? Mm. You know, but I still, I want to do all these things. And I'm oh. like you, like, I don't feel like I want to be pigeonholed into just being a film producer, or pigeonholed being a screenwriter, or pigeonholed being podcasting, even though podcasting is great. And I'm honing my skills as an Akashic tarot reader too so i want to do everything too and i love that i connect with people like that yeah yeah and i feel like you know with with tiktok and the way that our our economy is shifting now it's it's you know people are having the opportunity to take those risks and you know try things that make them happy as opposed to well this is what i'm supposed to do i'm supposed you know to be a marketing manager and sit in an office all day and be an expert at only that. And that's what I do. You know, that was kind of the mindset up until recently, but humans aren't like that. We are all born with so many diverse skills and talents and abilities. And it's a shame, you know, that a lot of people have limited themselves and that's not to place the blame on people. It's our society. It's our culture. It's our, you know, mm-hmm. our systems that have kind of forced us into that, but it's wonderful to see now, you know, so many people just kind of breaking out of those limitations and indulging and, you know, trying all these different things because we all have so much to bring and we shouldn't be limiting ourselves based on what we think we're supposed to bring to the table. You know, I, I agree. And I've been living proof of that. And July 4th weekend was my 40 year high school reunion and I didn't go to it because I but I look at the, a lot of people I graduated with. I graduated a very small class, but 58 people. And I see them. They all just went down that path, and but they're all happy. They went down that path of being married and, you know, a two-job home with raising kids. And now they have grandkids. And I never went down that path. I always wanted to see what the world meant. And I try to encourage my nieces and nephews to, like, Get out of wherever you grew up and go see the world and go live there. Don't go visit Cancun. That's not doing that. That's just, you're just seeing an Americanized version of uh, a resort that happens to have great weather. You're not living there. Like I, I'm booking somebody on my podcast who literally went out and figured out how to get an Italian dual citizenship and moved there. And now she's helping other people do that. Oh my gosh, I may know, I may follow her on TikTok. I follow her like people. 
Yeah. I think Chiara, I so. Yeah. I'm trying to book her on my podcast. I emailed her. She's like, oh my gosh, she sounds like so much fun. And she created a niche out of nothing. That's a niche. I, but you are what right? you want to attract. Cause I've always said, you know, I've always wanted to move to Italy. I've wanted that for about five or six years now, just because I want to go experience a different culture because I want yeah. that shock value. Yeah, I really do. I don't know why I like that, but I do. But band life does that for you. Now you're, the music industry, holy crap, that's going to get you some shock value. <laughs> I know it's a whole, it's going to be a whole new, exciting, scary challenge. But yeah, I mean, that's the thrill of it, you know, is like just immersing yourself in, in this, you know, exciting discomfort of like, wait a second, I'm not exactly sure what to do in this situation. Let me observe. Let me see how people behave. How are, how do they see the world through a little bit of a different lens and how, you know, where, where's the value in that? And yeah, I feel the same way about travel, you know, everywhere I go, it's, it's just, there's so much beauty and the diversity that we have in humanity. And a lot of people I've always said for the longest time, I don't know that humanity is our greatest commodity, you know, I just really believe that that double helix is so different for everybody that we're been reading this book for the last five or six times. And I'm, I think I'm on my fifth reading of the illusions, uh, the adventures of reluctant Messiah and by Richard Bach. And it's a great little playful little book written in 77 about a guy who's flying planes and meets up this former Messiah who's now flying planes just to, Back in those days, they would fly planes and give people rides in the plane for like five bucks or whatever. And that's what he did. But this guy was a messiah, so he's teaching the other guy who's doing it. And one thing he said is there's not one universe. There are seven billion different versions of that universe. Hmm. And we all have that. And that's what makes humanity our greatest commodity because they're all different. And Like yours is very different from mine, but yet I'm sitting here learning from you about taking risks because I'm risk averse by nature. And I love being around somebody like you that does it because that's wonderful. Cause I think with celebrities, we worship them, but they all took that risk. They took risks, whether whatever field they're in and they're in the limelight and they're really popular for whatever reason, good or bad. They took that risk because they wanted to be different. And I think you're one of those type of people too. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You know, you, you have to risk to win. It's true. And, um, that doesn't take anything away from the stakes at hand. Obviously I understand, you know, other people are in different situations than me. If you have a house or a family or kids, you're established or your job. I was never really in that situation. I've been bouncing around my entire adult life. So I get it. If you have roots, you have more at stake. But also you really have to put it into perspective because we're all, you know, our days are limited, right? Our minutes are limited. So you have to take that seriously, right? Like, like right. what, what is the point of being here? If you're not doing something that you love, if you're not waking up every day, excited and motivated and, you know, moving towards goals, like it, it's worth it. The risk is worth it. What excites you about music? Oh my gosh. Well, 
it's such an interesting mix of, of different creative skills. Like I've always been a writer. And when I was younger, I used to write poetry. So, and really music lyrics is poetry, but it's more complex because you add on the layers of sound. And so they're just, it's an unlimited kind of like playground, creative playground is how it feels to me. And you can address human experiences, internal human experiences that otherwise are kind of really difficult to share between people, you know? Um, it's like magic. It's like, if I were able to do that, this is what I think, if I, if I could do that successfully and share, you know, the inner workings of my soul with another human, like how much better does it get than that and have it resonate and have meaning and touch people? Like, that's what art is, you know? So. Right. I think so too. And I add to that. I don't know if you've gone down the rabbit hole, but there are certain vibrational frequencies that actually help humans. So I think that's really popular too, because I think with music, you can write lyrics, but you can also use that guitar sound or whatever piano sounds to actually help resonate with them and connect to a deeper part of themselves because as part of my spiritual journey I, I believe now that when we get chills that's spirit calling us but haven't you ever gotten chills listen to a song and I think you being able trying to go and do that would be so cool yeah yeah I've gotten really into the rabbit hole of the frequency music uh, just recently I started listening to the theta waves um for the hemi sync of the brain and um it's very powerful like you wouldn't think there's so many things that are so simple but we have been conditioned and removed from as far as energy and you know our body understanding our bodies listening to our bodies uh nature you know like so many things the simplest things really are so powerful but you you have to put aside that skepticism that we've been conditioned to think well, there's no way, you know, just listening to a frequency could have such a strong effect. Set aside that that skepticism, because I get it. I used to be like that, too. But once you experience, you know, the reality of it, it's it's opens up a whole new world. But yeah, I mean, sound is can be so healing. It can be so transformational. Um yeah, I'm not, I'm not a professional. And I say again, like the singing, I'm not a professional musician. I don't seek to be a professional musician. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be the best piano player or even music producer. I just want to create art that touches people, right? Like that would be my end goal. Good. And you can do that without being the best musician, the best singer, you know, the best you can. Oh, I know. And I totally agree. Like one of the, there's a viral TikTok video that the sound is just, it goes everywhere about the little cat who's meowing and it turns into, turns the cat saying, I'm alone. Sometimes I'm not alone. Hello. And it, he, this guy just from South Africa, the Kipnis did this, just had a keyboard and then he pulled his guitar and he mixed it. Boom. All of a sudden this sound is all over my uh, FYP on TikTok, and I just thought it's something that you took a cat's meow and made something that touched a lot of people. Because now 
hundreds of thousands of people are using that sound with their cats and it's really kind of cool that's how we can change and transform lives with music yeah and especially now with tiktok i mean you know in so many ways tiktok uh uniquely from other social platforms has just opened up all these opportunities for us to connect with each other in ways that were never even thinkable before. It's incredible. It's very powerful to me. And I love the fact that I think you're going to tap into all of these things that you've gone through throughout your life and all of these outside the comfort zone experiences you've had, especially living on the road, literally. Not, you know, I read this book and I've yet to find it somewhere about these work campers who lived on the road all the time and they would go to Amazon warehouses and work during the winters just to make some money so they have gas money so they can go to the next place it's a fascinating lifestyle and now that I think that's going to transform your music oh yeah I'm sure it will I mean definitely the past two years have been the most transformational period in my life you know in good way, you know, with good experiences in there and difficult experiences in there, but they both just push me to grow and to not settle. You know what I mean? I mean, I've never been one to settle. I've always been one to keep pushing and keep looking and keep growing. But, um, but yeah, living on the road, it kind of puts you in that you're, you separate your values become more evident every single day because you're living more intentionally, you know, and thinking about why am I here? What am I doing? Where do I want to go next? What do I really want? And kind of always having to reassess what am I doing here? And um, yeah, for me, there's been a lot of value in that. That's neat. And I think I just like the fact that you want to produce art to help people because this book I was just talking about, it says the teacher teaches what he most needs to learn. <laughs> That's so true. It's so it's, true. Oh, I know, really? but it's amazing. Really it's true. For me, really what it's going to be is me sharing, you know, this internal process of facing my shadow side and facing my internal monsters and, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's very personal to me and that has value in its own right in that way for myself. But I think that's what resonates with people is when you can share those really vulnerable things that we don't talk about in the day to day, you know, we, it's uncomfortable, but it's a safe space to explore those difficult things together, you know, connected with each other and heal through that. So yeah, I'm and, doing it as much for me as for anyone else, but it's when you when you indulge yourself in that, you know, I'm going to go there. We're going to go there to these uncomfortable places and uh I think that's what what connects people. I think it does too and I love that you're going to do that and I'm excited about it too. I get a warm fuzzy thinking about you writing music from that point of view and I think people will totally resonate with that because we all have issues and music's one way for us to actually connect to each other across all different kinds of uh, social stratas, if you will. So I think that's brilliant. I, you're such a creative though. Was that just, 
did you like start drawing at the age of three? Um, yeah, yeah, I was definitely a creative kid. I was very much the introverted, uh, shy, emotional, you know, who would go off in the corner and draw or write or, you know, perform, pretend perform, like all growing up, I was kind of the artsy misfit, if you will, <laughs> in high oh. school. And I still am, you know, and that's the thing is like, it's been a process of me coming to terms with, you know what? Yeah, I am a misfit. And that's maybe my strength. Maybe that's not my weakness. You know, maybe that is what's going to help me connect with other people who feel the same way. Because we all do, you know, we all feel like we don't belong. And we're looking for that sense of belonging and acceptance. Wow. I've never looked at it that way. But yeah, I've kind of, I always felt like I was a misfit because in the 70s, I was a child of divorce, which is rare then. It's commonplace now, but then it was nobody was divorced in my little small town. So we were looked upon differently. So and I always felt like I was a little, I was Hermie, you know, land of misfit toys, you know, from Rudolph the Red Nose. Yes, <laughs> yes, right. right. <laughs> so. But I love the fact that you're saying I'm a misfit and I love that I am because that's who I am. That's so neat. and be That's really, really beautiful. That's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah, it's been that process of, of I had to go to those, the shadow places. And, you know, because those were the parts of myself that I was really trying to run from and repress my whole life up until now because I just, I wanted to be accepted and loved and admired as we all do. But it was that wound of like, I'm not accepted. I'm not loved. I'm not okay being just the way that I am, you know, and in processing that and saying, actually, I am valid, you know, I, it's valid to be shy. It's valid to be emotional. It's valid to be sensitive. These aren't negative traits. You know, they can be superpowers if you, embrace them and harness them i just saw that in a song the lyrics it's valid mm -hmm. to be and you just like it's strumming up guitar with a little bit of piano background sorry but and i'm not musically gifted at all i was my father was my music teacher and he taught for 25 years so from the time i started playing a trumpet which was in the fifth grade till i graduated he was my teacher so and i was never that good I didn't get that gift, but I still could see and hear and think in musical terms. And I heard, heard a song and that it's valid, you know, and people need to hear that. They want, there's so much unacceptance of people. And I just think the misfits are the most glorious pieces of our culture to me because they look at everything a little bit differently than everybody else that, you know, like the people I went to high school with, you know, I love them. They're great people. They went down that that two-lane highway leading right to retirement at 65, you know, with a paycheck. And I've never did, done that. And my life has been great, but I've also had a bankruptcy. I've, I've been really wealthy. I've had three different homes in my life. And now I'm a prep cook, mindset coach, doing this. And that's okay. I am a misfit. I never thought of that until I talked to you. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's not to 
I think this is another factor when it comes to the whole contention with van life and people who are resistant to it and resistant to these alternative lifestyles. I think they maybe internalize it as a, a judgment, like maybe people who took that conventional path and it's not to place blame on them because we were promised things that weren't real. Right. right. And so a lot of people who took that conventional path and it wasn't right for them, you know, I would be mad too. And I would look at myself you know, off being free and, you know, traveling and, and I would kind of be resentful towards that. So I can empathize and have, I can, uh, I can understand their perspective, but also, you know, I think it's still important to, to be a loud, loud misfit because there are a lot of people out there who are still making those choices and they have to choose, you know, am I going to take the path less traveled? Am I going to take the safe option? Or am I gonna take a risk? And what do I want more? You know, what's most important to me and just being intentional with those big life choices. Yeah, and facing the darkness uh, head on instead of trying to go around it. And that's what you've done all throughout your life, which is brilliant. (laughs) I, I could just, I get so much positive energy from you. It's not, it's really, really cool. There's something about you that's just, illuminating and like in your own way you're a light worker and now you're going to be a light worker through music if that makes any sense yeah that does make sense you know i i certainly i certainly hope to i think that's one of the things that you know even if at the end of the day even if i have the worst day ever um like we were talking before you know when you're going through those difficult dark moments I can look at myself and say, but you've been kind, you know, but you have shared your gifts with the world. You have, you know, been there for people when they needed somebody. Those are the really important things when it comes down to it. Um, And I think a a lot of the reason why some people are not able to be so compassionate in the world today, and some people are you know, we've got the trolls and the haters and a lot of negativity uh, on the internet, especially on TikTok, is because most people haven't gone to those dark places themselves. And so, you know, as we know, everything is a projection, right? And so if I have these deep wounds, uh, it's almost impossible for me to be compassionate to others because I'm not being compassionate to myself. You know, everything is just a mirror of where we're at. So even if even if I move forward with this and I just feel miserably, which I don't expect to be the case, I'm I'm confident and, and excited about it, but I accept that even if that were to happen, it's better for me. I would rather do that and put myself out there and push myself and grow through that experience and try to fulfill uh my potential as a human as much as I can than to not do it out of fear. Yep. I agree. And do not do something out of fear is, you know, I try to minimize fear as much as I can in my life. But like you said, you're going to have that sometimes with certain things. And I, I get that and I'm cognizant of it and I watch it and I go, well, what's that really about? And then right. I ask myself those questions. What, why did why did you fear that? I don't understand. So right. like, 
And those are the questions, you know, it's tough to ask yourself that and really sit with it and be, and, you know, be honest with yourself. We're all running from ourselves, right? We're all running from those uncomfortable feelings and, you know, difficult questions and having to really look in the mirror. Um, But we're, you know, when we do that, we're really just being our own worst enemy. You have to be your own best being there for yourself in those tough moments. This is one of the biggest things I've learned over the past two years, learned how to do. Um, to be there for myself in my toughest moments when there really is no one else and no one else can really even be there for me in that way. Um, it's, it's been the biggest game changer. You know, we all do rely on each other and we need connection. We need community. We need relationships. We need those things, but we also, before we can even go there, we have to be able to love ourselves and you know it sounds so corny but love ourselves in our flaws loving ourselves in our awful moments you know because then you can share that love with the world you can be there for those for your loved ones and those that matter to you more authentically i agree and i forgot to ask you this and it's sort of backtracking but how did your relationships with family Were they affected by the last two years of being on the road or were they actually enhanced? I, I don't know that it's really one way or the other because I've been, I've been on my own as an adult since, you know, I left for college. (laughs) Like I just basically left home because like I told you, I mean, ever since I was a kid, it's all I wanted was to be free and travel. Um, So, yeah, I don't know that it was really one way or the other, but, but my hope, of course, you know, for, I have two nephews who are great young men, you know, the, the young people in my family now, my hope has always been that I could set a good example for them or, you know, it's, it sounds like I'm talking myself up here, but, you know, be some kind of inspiration that it's okay to take big risks and you can, you don't have to follow the same path that everyone else does. And you really, you know, cause that's another thing I'd like to touch on here is that, you know, Please. when I graduated high school, there was only really one accepted way to go about life. Like you're saying, you know, you, here's what you do. You graduate high school, you go to a good college, you get a degree, you get a good job, you get married, you have kids, you have a house, you know, that was really the only option that was offered up to me. Um, even though I knew in my heart of hearts, what I wanted to do was travel. I thought, okay, well, in order to that, I've got to follow the these steps and I've got to get a good job at National Geographic and, you know, or, you know, I've got to go, go out to Hollywood and, and work up the ladder. That did not turn out to be the reality, you know, life, life turned out to be very different than that. I tried to follow those steps and guess what? I didn't get, you know, the, the, uh, the shiny future that was promised, right. It didn't work out. So I, it was a process, you know, in my adult life to little by little really reassess, you know what, actually college wasn't right for me at all. I I went and I can't undo it now. But, you know, if, if I were to give any advice to young people, unfortunately, alternate ways of 
of growing into an adult and pursuing a career and a livelihood are more viable now and more accepted. Um, but I would say, hey, if you're not sure, don't commit to that yet. You've got your entire life to go to college. There is no timeline. There really isn't, you know. Mm -mm. Um, go live your life a little bit, establish, you know, build up your confidence in yourself, experience some of the world before you make those big decisions. Um, so yeah, it, it would be my hope that, you know, I'm signing a good example, but <laughs> of course I'm, I'm only human. I've, I've made <laughs> a lot of mistakes and stumbled a lot over the years but the important thing is that you know you don't give up you have a dream you got to go make it happen and those mistakes that we make are still inspiring to the people that we love the most because it should how we react to them is what they do and i had a friend of mine who's a terrific actress out in la and she's like she said wow you take so many risks I'm like no i just at a moment, I was listening to a podcast, and I'm like, I want to be the Johnny Carson of podcasts. <laughs> and I've been doing it ever since December of 2021. And because I, I was listen, I would listen to it at work. And after we would close at Walmart, I would just put on my headphones and listen to a podcast. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. And I still love it. I still do it. But I failed many times. I've had good episodes. I've had bad episodes. Like, I just still get up and I keep doing it because it's so I'm telling you I this is the closest thing to being on set for me and there's nothing yeah. like that yeah but it's yours right it's not right it's not just and there's a lot to be said for you know group creation and working together on set and stuff but it's a different thing when it's your your creation it's personal for right. you yeah this is very personal and it this feeds my need for connection and it helps me make the world a little bit better place i always learn something about myself and this is my 45th episode so i always learn something about myself through that every time like the misfit things is the, the big one for me that was my aha moment on your this episode so i feel very blessed to be able to do this and it's easy this is easy for me yeah, but, you know, I think that takes a lot of self-awareness to really understand before you started, because it takes a lot of confidence or, you know, I guess, boldness to say, I'm going to start a podcast, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, people people are going to project their insecurities onto when you when you tackle something big like this. But you have to have that sense of self of knowing, I know, I know what I bring to the table here. And it's, they're going to be failures, right? I'm okay with that. That's a necessary part of the process, but I know I can do it. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I knew, I, I knew my personality would ring true. It's the other stuff. It's, you know, editing audio, not a good video editor either, but I'm learning and I'm pushing. That's very uncomfortable for me though. That's what's, but I'm pushing myself through it. But I knew that I would be good at this because no matter where I went, bartenders would always tell me their stories, not mm -hmm. the other way around. So yeah, I knew, gift, right? It, I knew I had that gift, and I think it. I personally think 
Like I was born partially deaf. So I think that was a gift for me to help me be a good listener. I have to be, I don't have a choice. Right. Isn't it funny how, you know, these little things that like on the surface, it seems like a negative, but when you really think about it, you think about the actual effects that, you know, maybe this challenge or this difficulty has had on your life have been tremendously positive. It has because, you know, the normies, as somebody called, like people with good hearing, <laughs> they're hearing all these other conversations around them and I'm not. And I right. can go to sleep at night, put my head on my left ear and the world goes almost virtually silent. I'm like, <laughs> cool. That's so, so many positives. So I don't, it happened for me, not to me. I've never had yeah. that victim mentality about it. It does prevent, you know, me from doing some things, but whatever. Yeah. Then, you know, you're meant, you're, you have more energy uh, and capacity to focus on other things, you know, and, and really invest more in them. Yeah. I agree. This has been wonderful. Is there anything else that you want to add or because you're, you're extremely empathic. You have, literally way you even talk about trolls blew me away because I'm like, they just, you practice something, what I call forgiveness very well. And what I call forgiveness is people don't know what they don't know in that moment. And we, I try to do that with myself as much as I can, because in this moment, I only know what I know. Three weeks from here now, I'll maybe know a quicker way to edit a video, you know? Yeah. So or I don't know what I don't know. And you practice okay. that really well. Yeah, I mean, it comes back down to to our, everything is a reflection of our relationship with ourselves. So if I am consciously practicing compassion and kindness for my own shortcomings, right? It just mm -hmm. comes naturally because that's how that's what empathy is, how I I how much I understand my own internal experiences, how much I'm going to understand someone else's. So in that same way, you know, I can understand and I I've I've been in those dark places where it's difficult to empathize. So <laughs> it's like an empathy, you know, loop. But, um, but yeah, I guess the only other thing I kind of wanted to touch on that kind of came up a little bit is something that a big, big, big lesson and challenge for me has been with tackling music is letting go of the need for the attachment, I guess, more so the attachment to success and the attachment to doing it right, quote unquote, right. And, um, and attachment to the outcome, right? Like, like I, I am very much, I'm a harsh critic on myself, mostly when it comes to creative things, because that's my passion. So it's been a process as an adult, having to learn these fundamental things that kids are learning, <laughs> like it's been such a, an ego, a practice in detachment from my ego to suspend that judgment and um, expectations on myself of getting everything right and place the value on, well, the value is in the learning right now, right? So yeah. show that's, a, go on. <laughs> it's the process. You're 
attach yourself to the process. Just like for me, it's the same thing. I'm going to learn how to convert a bus. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know the journey is more important than the destination. And, but yet you're creating just like films are forever. I've got films on YouTube and not feature films, short films, of course, but I got films on YouTube, but they're forever. So when you're creating music, that's forever. That's hard to, uh, but figure out because you want it right and you, you want it perfect, but yet the journey to get there is more beautiful than the process. And I find that true with just creating a TikTok video, doing it 10 times just to get it right. It's the fun of the 10 times, not the end result that is hard with music. Ah, right. That's and so it's messy, hard. Right? It's beautiful and messy. But the funny thing is once we take off, we remove that uh, judgment and expectations yeah. of perfection and that fear of judgment from other people, right? We can stumble into uh, happy accidents. You know what I mean? We open up the doors for co-creation once we take off that like need to control the process and the outcome and have everything be perfect. Like it really does open up the doors for things beyond what we could have imagined or planned. And it's the I same kind of agree life. with that a lot. I love it. The open the, opening the door for happy accidents. That's such a goodness sakes. That's a brilliant way to put that. Yeah, it's a, it's funny. Everything's a mirror. Like same with van life. Uh-huh. I don't travel with a schedule. I don't travel with a plan usually beyond the next day or two. And it allows things to happen that I never would have planned. It allows me to discover places and people and experiences. And it's scary. It's scary not knowing the outcome. It's scary not knowing where I'm going to be tomorrow. But after you do it over and over again, you learn to trust trust in yourself and to trust in life, you know? So the van life kind of helped you develop your trust muscle in yourself. Yep. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. That's impressive. That's one thing that like, you know, I understand that most people uh, live in some sort of um, mutual way, you know, cohabitating with others, whether it's family or a partner or kids or a roommate. And that's kind of the norm. And it can be really scary to jump outside that. But it's only when you do that you really realize what you're actually capable of on your own. And a lot of the things that you thought you needed someone else, someone else's help with, you can do it on your own. And then once you do it on your own, yeah, you know, collaborate with people, include other people and your partners, but it's going to be even more valuable for both of you because you bring more to the table. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what life is, is developing your trust muscle in yourself. Really, that's what the journey of life is. And as Rumi would say, we are all walking each other home. So in order to walk others home, you have to trust in yourself. And you've done a really good job of this so far, of just developing that trust muscle. And now you got to go through it in music. And that's got to be hard. But I can't wait to see what comes out of that. I just, I personally think it's going to be very freaking magical. I'm excited about it. You know, when you went, 
you know, when you know, right about things right. in life, I'm a strong believer in that. And this is just something that has, you know, nagged at me and just been at the core of my being my whole life. And, you know, earlier on in life, I kind of had that conditioned out and say, of course, that's ridiculous. That's not possible. You can't do that. But it's been this process of rediscovering that. And, you know, with that trust in myself of, well, you know what, actually, I think I can do this. Um, And it's going to be scary. And it's going to be messy and it's going to be hard, but I just have to do it. You know, you know, when you have something in your heart, you just have to follow it. I'm at that place right now as my business partner and I are relaunching something and I just know it. I, there's hope, there's faith and there's knowing, and I'm at the knowing part of this. And it sounds like with music, you're at the knowing part, but you're, in really, in essence, to parallel the van life, you're doing another build. It just happens to be music. And that's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Yep. Little, like, day by day, piece by piece, and eventually it's going to turn into something. We'll see what it turns into. And then I'll have you back on my podcast and we'll talk about it. Right? That would be awesome. Yeah, right? once I make my first music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that's cool that you're going to do that. And that's neat because I'm seeing there's so many amazing creators that just have a little keyboard. They'll create a track and then they'll stop it, put it on the loop, and then they'll create another track, stop it, put it on the loop. And then also they're mixing music together and then they start singing. And it's like they didn't need a band. They just figured it out. And I love that kind of creativity. And I think you have that muscle, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. You know, it's it's going to be all electronic music Wonderful. for the most part. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a journey, a whole new journey. You're going to learn a lot about it yourself, but it another build, just a yep. different kind. Yep. That's wonderful. I really appreciate you being on my podcast. Can if you want, do you want to tell everybody how to find you on social media so they can follow your story into being a music producer and musician, singer, songwriter. That sounds so. <laughs> I liked, I like the sound of that. Um, yeah. So, well, I'll just say this. I'm not sure exactly how this is going to play out with my channels and platforms. I'm not quite decided yet on whether I should be integrating this into my existing TikTok or I should make a new one, but either way, People can find me on TikTok at Wild Tiny Life. Um, I also do have a YouTube that's, you know, both of those are currently only van life content. Um, so the direction is TBD, but I am on YouTube also at like Wild Tiny Life. So, uh, yeah, you can find me there, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes from there. <laughs> that's wonderful. I. Really appreciate you being on my podcast today. You were, yeah, as always, I learned something about myself. And as you say, we're reflections. And I appreciate the reflection. Pretty much this whole podcast, you reflected back to me, my higher self, the future that I want to build. And I appreciate that. Yeah, likewise. I mean, like you said, I think uh, we attract, how did you put it? We attract what we. We attract what we are. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so we'll both just keep 
becoming more and more our, our best versions of ourselves. And I look forward to, to doing this again. Yes. The next I chapter. can't wait. Yeah. And then you can do a little bit of promo reel, maybe even sing for me. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Sounds good. Exactly. But you're so amenable to whatever happens. So enjoy the process. I'm really proud of you and can't wait for the new build. Awesome. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it. Thank you.